the goat. I'm actually really overwhelmed right now, but what I just saw because yet again, Messi has come to the forefront in this sport and he put on a fucking show. An absolute show where he was involved in pretty much every single goal. Any time that Miami had any sort of threat going forward, it was through Messi yeah. pulling the strings, yeah. either off the ball, dribbling little, nice little one-two combination touches, or just simply you know scoring off of free kicks, sending in balls into the box. It was an absolutely ridiculous performance from the GOAT, bro. And what's crazy is that this was in Dallas, mm -hmm. where we grew up, yeah. an hour from the Frisco Stadium, Little Reynoso and Little Saltero, <laughs> where you know, we're being raised yeah, sir, for the yeah, for, for twenty yeah, years, and Messi was just basically in our backyard tonight. Yeah, and I'm incredibly emotional right now because what I just saw, I've never seen before in an FC Dallas stadium. I've never seen a crowd like that. Not when it comes to just club FC Dallas playing. I've never seen a crowd be on their feet for pretty much the yeah. entire game. Yeah. That was incredible. Yeah. A sellout at Toyota Stadium. And, and, and just beyond that, beyond the atmosphere, the game was incredible. The players showed up because they knew what was at stake. Oh, the goats. The goat. The goats at our house? What's a better way to say the, that? The goats, in, the, the goats in the barn. <laughs> he's in the he's in the barnyard. He's uh, in the stable. He's in the outhouse. The goat is in the outhouse. <laughs> he's taking a piss. <laughs> Where's the goat, bro? I know. Uh, what's, uh, what's a good way to say he's uh, the, the goat he, is 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 uh, is is on on tour. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Goats on tour. Yeah. The goat's on tour, and he's here in Dallas, and the players showed up for that, bro. Yeah. The intensity of the match, regardless of the 100-degree weather, never waned. And it just gave us an incredible 90 minutes of football. And that's my second point of why I'm so overwhelmed, bro. Because this game's intensity was that of a European match. Maybe not the skill level, obviously. But the intensity is something that I've never seen here in Toyota Stadium. Isn't that crazy, man? I'm so overwhelmed because th this is the impact of Messi. We, what's, cra what's crazy is that we talked about this. We knew this was going to happen, but actually seeing it yeah. with yeah, my yeah. own fucking eyes, man, I'm honestly shaken right now. I, like, I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. I'm incredibly emotional right now because I've, I've just, once again, I've never seen anything like oh, this. It's the, it's the implication, bro, what it's going to mean to have him here. We have been kind of remarking on what it's going to be like and kind of predicting it, but... The fact that he's able to sell out Toyota Stadium like that, bro. Toyota Stadium, a stadium that we've gone to so many times and seen it at 30, 40% of capacity. Mm. To see people be there in attendance and fully invested in the match is a truly special thing. But you just apply that to basically any other stadium in America, bro. Messi's going to have those Colorado Rapid fans yeah. in full attendance. Portland Timbers. New York Red Bulls, whoever it might be, every stadium he attends will be up to maximum capacity. I even saw some people like standing in like the little in like the stairway, you know, like in the in the in between yeah. of where the people sit. And it's just that that atmosphere. It's the messy factor. It's the impact. But then you get the crazy match to pair up alongside it. I was telling you, man, like to me, I just love 
how people essentially got their mo- get their money's worth with the messy experience, man. You buy that ticket, you invest that money, and instead of being led down or maybe not feeling fully fulfilled with messy, bro, you get to see a man come through and put in an absolute star-like performance on a stage such as this. And Taylor Twelman said it on a call himself. There's only three other people in the history of sports that have been able to do that consistently. Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Muhammad Ali, and now Lionel Messi, man. Yeah, the crowd absolutely got their money's worth, man. How engaging was this game? End-to-end, back-to-back, we had FC Dallas with players like Alan Velasco take it upon himself to just be the star for Dallas and just go off man megging players like arroyo but then also getting involved scoring a goal off of a scoring a goal off of a set piece providing a crazy pass to get a really good goal that ended up being scored by bernard to actually get the 2-1 lead for to get to get the 2-1 lead before half time velasco was so involved he's a baller bro he's, a, he's an absolute, a baller. absolute baller yeah. and the game was the game was so entertaining and again to go back to the idea of something that i've never seen the fans in this stadium had their eyes glued to the pitch. I, I know that sounds really basic, <laughs> but bro, the amount We're of- in America, e- man, this is crazy. The, this is crazy. Yeah. The amount of MLS games that I've gone to where the atmosphere is so laid back. It's so chill. It's very family-oriented, you know, and which yeah. is a good thing. It's a great thing, but there's not that aggression. There's not that passion in the stands where it's just like, we're here for football and nothing yeah. else. And I saw that tonight. Yeah, And that was- beautiful you said the you said the fans got their money's worth i completely agree and in the best way i'm so jealous man i'm so I'm jealous je- I'm, yeah I, i'm too, jealous man. because i'm like dude i i went to my first dallas burn game when i was like eight years old and now this yeah, this is yeah. this is the present yeah. this is the reality and maybe this is the start of something really really beautiful yeah. here because if Messi can have this impact, you know, maybe MLS, you know, starts opening up the floodgates as far as like the amount of money we can spend on foreign players. And maybe we get start doing something Saudi's doing, you know, I see what you're saying. to get very high caliber players. But to do so, you have to splash that cash. Yeah. Maybe we're not there yet, but maybe like in 10 years, man, Yeah, 10 years, we're starting to get like 28, 29 year old European players in their prime. And we're able to bring them over here and really good caliber ones at that. That'd be incredible because... What I just saw tonight was monumental, absolutely historic, and I really do think it's just the beginning. And like you said, wherever Messi goes, you were going to get games like this yeah. and atmospheres like this, which is just so unprecedented in this league here in the MLS. The game ends 4-4, but man, I was just shaking my head at so many of these moments, both in shock and disbelief, and then other ones at in pure and admiration of genius. The ones that caused dif- disbelief were both of the own goals, man. Some of the craziest, wildest own goals I've ever seen. Uh, Taylor, the Finnish winger for Inter Miami, stopping a crucial counterattack, but still resulting in an own goal that his goalkeeper calendar could not stop. And in the process, you could see him just mouth, bro, what the fuck? What the fuck? He was in pure shock of what the fuck just happened, not believing that that effort resulted in him scoring an own goal and then it was followed up and maybe even topped by Farfan, bro. FC Dallas' fullback having one of the most beautiful headers and finishes I've seen so far in this tournament. Purely direct, 
purely intentional in my opinion because Dude. I have no idea what he was trying to do in that position all by himself. Makes the game 4-3 at one point, and then Taylor draws a crucial foul right outside the box, and the moment began building. Yeah. The trouble began brewing. The stands, the fans and the stands all stood up, pulled out their phones like they're at a fucking Drake concert, and you could just see the shot of the goalkeeper, the wall, Messi lining the ball up, his eyes set on the goal, and in the background, nothing but a flood of fans with their phones out, ready to witness what they predict will be an incredible moment. And it's stuff like that that really gets me fucking, like, gets me chills, man. It yeah. gives me chills because that's pressure. That's a crazy expectation to have out of someone. And then for Messi to actually be able to deliver on that and do it back-to-back -back times, that's the stuff of greatness, man. That's an all-time performer performing at one of the highest levels fucking possible. And the fact that he did it once again, I mean, we were all just fucking going crazy here, man. Excuse my language, but I was just so yeah. goddamn excited at the fact that he was just able to deliver and cause such a delirious moment to tie the game up four to four. Then goes into penalties, and I think by that point, momentum drove towards Inter Miami's side and led them to winning this match overall. But what a crazy comeback. What a crazy game. And it, by MLS standards, this is like the equivalent to the 2022 FIFA World Cup final in terms of chaos, in terms of storylines, in terms of moments. This game had everything, bro. And ultimately, I'm just so excited at the future that this tournament will continue to hold here in America and also just Messi of course and yeah. the impact that him Busi, Jordi Alba and whoever else joins will have on this team and in this league yeah I'm so grateful for what I just witnessed man truly I've already said it before the idea that this just happened here in Dallas the idea that Messi's here in the States you know we could iterate it over and over again but it still doesn't feel real you know and then we get games like this I'm like holy shit it is real <laughs> and there was a um a little interview with David Beckham talking about, you know, oh, how's Messi doing? How's he acclimating to Miami, to the league? And Beckham said something that made so much sense to me. He said, um, Messi feels the love. He felt it the moment that he landed here in the States, and he feels it times 100 every time he steps out on that pitch. And you describing that moment where he grabs the ball, sets it down right, right before he's about to score that banger, and everyone behind him just has their phones out. That's what that is, man. It's not even like... It is pressure to an extent, but it's pure admiration. It's pure love for the greatest player of all time. And I think Messi feels that energy. Because when he grabs that ball, I don't think he's thinking, fuck, 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 I got to finish this. He's thinking, let me show off here. Yeah. Let me show yeah. off for these people because they came here for a show. I'm going to give them one. And it's because I'm that good. Yeah. And it's crazy that, yes, that is pressure for sure. But dude, he delivers time and time again what a performance what a show Lionel messi man into miami on to the next round he was he ultimately involved in every goal i think yeah, he was I, I think he was so he the, had the goal the first goal the second goal he had like the hockey assist right where he sent yeah, the he ball sent, to jordi alba and what a crazy ball yeah crazy ball and then following that he had the it was the own goal the own goal but he had the assist on that technically and then the fourth one was the free kick. Yeah. Scored his penalty kick as well, making it five goal contributions if you want to look at it that way. But I just can't believe that Inter Miami is walking out of Toyota Stadium as winners, bro. I really can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you were talking about how strange the own goals were, man. Taylor's, I thought, was just really unlucky, honestly, because he tracked back very well and the ball just rolled into the corner. I just thought of it as really unlucky. But Farfan's was crazy. 
Like that was bizarre. He wasn't marking anybody. There wasn't a body on him. He just met the ball with full force and put it straight into his own net. One of the most bizarre craziest uncles i've ever seen yeah and i think that dictated everything man <laughs> that completely let miami right back into it and they're only one goal down and you, if you're within a goal messi's gonna get it he's going to get it man so they did the job they were up three one then they were up four two yeah. and and then they really yeah. let it go man they, they really let it go so yeah it is <laughs> if you step back from that dallas should have won this yeah. game yeah. And, and then let's go even further here ferreira should have had at least two goals yep. at least if not let's go let's just go even crazier he should have at least had one yep. so fc Dallas should have had five maybe even six goals miami i think four is fair for what they crafted so dallas should have won this game but the magic of messi once again nullifies something in dallas whether it's those nerves <laughs> uh, i don't know what it is man but it, it worked again it man it, it worked. worked again and i can't believe miami's yeah. through and but honestly I'm so glad they actually pulled it off because we just get more messy get more of this. in high-profile situations here in the States. If you want to continue with just Miami's future matchup, they play the winner of Charlotte FC against Houston Dynamo. And I believe they'll be hosting the match Miami for that quarterfinal matchup regardless of who it is. But when it comes to both of these teams, Charlotte coming off of a victory against Cruz Azul, I believe in penalties off yeah. of a stalemate game over in the same fucking stadium that <laughs> yeah. Messi just played in. And then uh, Houston Dynamo defeating Pachuca in penalties as well uh, in another game that ended 0-0 and then push themselves to penalties so overall i think it's two pretty evenly matched squads going up against each other just off of a personal pick and bias i want to see messi continue his texas uh rodeo if you'd like and i want to see him take on this houston dynamo team because in miami i'm sure there's a lot of people from houston that houston fan base will show up and you just combine that with messi fc as well i think houston inter miami would be an awesome matchup to see and i'm gonna go houston dynamo wins this match yeah, I think Houston will win the match too. I'm just a little bummed that whether it's Houston or Charlotte, that their next opponent is Miami. And I'm actually bummed from a Miami perspective because I want to see Miami play against a very good defensive team. Because if I'm being completely honest... Where Dallas did very well in the midfield and offensively, I thought they were really stretched in the yeah, back bro, line, man. I did not expect them to be so open, They man. were so open. And even when they were dominating possession, yeah. when Miami got the ball in transition, I did not trust the Dallas defense. Not one bit. They were so stretched. They were so wide open. And one-on-one, -on -one, they, they were only looking at Messi. So if Messi found an open pass, man, those wings were wide open. And I just think that's down to Dallas's defense. I don't think they have the talent to be able to cover the type of space that Messi opens up. Here's the thing. Let's say Houston beat Charlotte and they go through. I don't have any confidence in Houston's back line either. I think they have a yeah, good midfield yeah. and they'll, they'll, have sure. some, they'll, they'll have some weapons going forward. Honestly, I don't think they have a player like Velasco. So they might even be more handicapped in, from that regard. So I kind of would just see the same thing. I would see... A good Houston Dynamo team against a good Miami team, but I I I, I think Messi would take it there. I think, think he's. So? I, I think yeah. so. Especially I think at home. Man. Yeah, I think the same thing would happen. So low key, I wish they were playing like, for example, like a Nashville, right? Or maybe how even like an LAFC or a Philadelphia Union teams that have so much more chemistry and organization at the back. 
That's what I want to see Miami play because we've seen them play against a loose Cruz Azul mm-hmm. team. We've seen them play against a really poor Atlanta United team. Mm-hmm. And now we saw them play against a good Dallas team, but in my opinion, an incomplete team. Mm-hmm. So I, I just wish they were playing a, a, a more full team that was a lot more talented front to back. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, you play what you face. So if it is Houston, whether it is Charlotte, I think Miami will go through. We talked about it, though. Inter ultimately does have one of the easiest paths yeah. to, like, the semi- semifinals in this tournament, facing a ton of MLS teams in the process and still yet to really face a good MLS team at that. So I still have them progressing on past the quarterfinal stage if they face off against, I mean, any of these two teams, Charlotte or Houston at the end of the day. But regardless, I'm excited to see who ends up having that shot at maybe taking down Messi's Inter Miami. Oh, it'll be fun no matter what, though, because these games are just crazy. Like even, like, even Orlando, they had a good chance for, like, uh, let's say 40 yeah. minutes of the game. They made it hella entertaining, bro. So, yeah, any game in Miami when Messi's starting, yes. it's going to be banger after banger. And this tournament overall, I think it's had some just ridiculous games. One of the poster boys for that phrase I would say was the matchup between New England Revolution and Atlas one of the matches of the tournament in my opinion with how Atlas was able to go up 2-0 and potentially even 3-0 at one point in those first 15-20 minutes absolutely dominating and then what followed was a Carles Hill masterclass followed by a lot of dirty physical play that ultimately resulted in New England tying the game 2-2 pushing it to penalties, and New England Revolution legend Farrell scoring the game-winning penalty to give them the comeback victory. New England goes through, kicking Atlas out, and they're set to face off against Querétaro, who, in my opinion, has the goal of the tournament with what Sepulveda was able to do against Pumas. Corner of the box volley, straight into the back net, absolute laser. Querétaro is one of six Liga MX teams here in the round of 16, man. And so Querétaro, New England... I'm going New England. Yeah, Pumas choked that game against Querétaro, but take nothing away from that amazing screamer from Sepulveda. As for New England, I'm going to be completely honest, man. Ala should have won that game. Damn. They, they deserved it. New England did very well to get back into the game after going down 2-0. Low-key, I was like, oh, shit. Ala's going to win this game 4-0. And I was like, oh, this is not what I was expecting. But New England, as you said, through Carles Hill, were able to get back in the game ever so well. And I thought they were going to continue on, get an early equalizer in the second half, but they didn't. And it's because Atlas settled it down, man. Even though New England were building and building, building momentum, in that second half, Atlas found composure. They shut down Carlos Hill. He saw way less of the ball, and New England ran out of ideas, bro. And that penalty that they conceded, mm, I'm that, gonna, pretty, that, that pretty was, soft, yeah, bro. Yeah, that was soft. Super soft. And I was like, shit, like, not like this. Not like this. And so when it went to penalties, I was like, please, like, let there be justice here. Let Atlas win it because I'd say over the 90, Atlas were the better team. Not by much, though, because, again, New England were able to get back in it. But I thought Atlas did deserve it. So it is what it is. New England get through on penalties with a little bit of luck as yeah. well. And they play Querétaro. I just I don't like this Querétaro team, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, they're, they're not bad, but they're not good. 
And I think New England's still a good team, and they had to play a very good Atlas team to get here. So yeah, I think New England will. I think that honestly, the Atlas team, the Atlas game probably woke them up a little bit. So I think they're gonna have a really good game against Querétaro, and you know, put them aside. Yeah, that this Atlas team, I was really honestly impressed with them this tournament because I hadn't realized that they lost. Julian Quinones and uh, Julio Cesar Furz as well going to fucking Brazil. He's yeah. in Brazil now. I think he's with Santos or some shit. Yeah. Crazy. And then losing uh, Oziel Herrera to Tigres as well. Their three most Im- important offensive options just out, just gone. How did they replace it? Well, you got Jordi Caicedo coming in and scoring a banger of a second goal in that match where he absolutely fought his ass off Dude. to get and got rewarded with it but then ended up going off in the game with an injury so they still were able to compete but i'm still left pretty impressed with what they've been able to do just trying to replace three massive players that were huge for them these past two three years yeah i'll be honest i was not a fan of jordi caicedo before he came to atlas I didn't think he really had the IQ to lead a line by himself. And to couple that, I just didn't think, didn't think he had the talent overall, man. But he put on a really good performance. Classic number nine, constantly making runs, constantly being a nuisance against the two center backs of New England and getting in the box. And then when he would get the ball in space, he used all of his 99 pace, bro, to get past Andrew Farrell on that one goal, bro. Like, holy shit, Caicedo put in a really good performance so uh if Benjamin Mora can get those performances on a weekly basis from Caicedo man that's good business for Atlas considering they just lost Quinones and Furch I'm not saying okay I'm not I'm not going that far I'm not saying I'm not saying he will I'm not either I I don't think he will but he, he will show great moments he's only 25 years old I think right now so he still has that potential but I was impressed with what he's able to do at his absolute peak. I just, I, yeah, that's the biggest question is consistency. Can yeah. he do it weekly in Liga Mekis? We know that Furch and Quinones were absolutely capable of that. We'll see, man. We'll see with him. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he'll get anywhere near the skill level of Furch or Quinones. Yeah. I mean, those guys are studs, bro. Yeah, we're talking about some of the best forwards in Liga Max. I don't think Caicedo will ever be that. I'm just saying that, like, I didn't even know he could do this in a 90-minute match. I didn't even think he was that skilled, but I thought he put in a really good performance. But yeah, the consistency is going to be tough. But I mean, hey. And so New England, uh, assuming they win this matchup against Querétaro, will face off against the winner of Philadelphia and New York Red Bulls. I want to know, bro, what did you think about that Philly versus DC United match, in which DC United actually looked like, at times, the better team, or at least having better opportunities to score but eventually just was not able to and pushed it to penalties to then see themselves lose against Philadelphia. You know what's interesting is that when it comes to these MLS versus MLS matchups, I'm actually more nervous for the teams that I pick going forward if they're playing against an MLS team because this is just like a league game, you know? And there's a lot of inconsistency when it comes to these MLS teams. And DC United, they're in the same conference. They've played them before. They play them a lot. And I think they just knew Philadelphia. I think they had a really good game plan. And they executed it really, really well. Philadelphia, I think, honestly, weren't that up for it, at least the way that I thought they would. And it ended up being just a stalemate at the end of the day, 0-0. Philly go through on penalties. But yeah, I, I think that's just what it was. DC knew their opponent because they're just very, very familiar with them. Going forward for Philadelphia... I'm not going to be too concerned because they're still an incredibly good team. And in in the team that they'll face in New York, I I think it's going to be the same thing. I think Red Bulls are going to show up, bro. And I think they're going to make it really tough. I still have Philadelphia going through, 
But I won't be surprised if Red Bulls pull off a victory here, bro, just because they know they know each other. And the Red Bulls, honestly, are a pretty good team. Yeah, I think that's my take, too. I think we're so far, like, aligned with our predictions. I have Philly winning this game. I'm just a little... I'm, I'm scared now, man, because of, of what I saw DC United. Ben Teke had a one-on-one at one point that if he just buries it, they win that match, and Philly's out, man. Yeah, yeah. And we have Philly as, like, an actual contender in this tournament. And, yes, that league matchup sort of relationship or dynamic does play a huge factor. I mean, I have a very similar take for the Tigres-Monterrey matchup. I think it's a lot more even because once you face a team that's in your league, it becomes a lot more complicated so ultimately i still have philly winning this but i agree new york could probably make this really really tough or see themselves winning one nil like how they did against new york city fc exactly okay so now for one of my favorite matchups here in the round of 16 we have club america set to face off against nashville Mm -hmm. nashville who knocked out saltero's pick for the tournament cincinnati and penalties your defense <laughs> super disappointed with cincinnati a really poor performance nashville completely deserved to go through they were by far the better team in that match and honestly i'm really surprised at how uninterested cincinnati looked like they didn't look like they wanted really wanted to be there honestly like there wasn't as much pace with their offensive line that they had had in the group stage and when and when they were looking for that goal, sure they picked it up a little Bad, bit, but not but not much. And honestly, complete credit to Nashville's back line led by Walker Zimmerman because they made Luciano Acosta and Bupenza's night hell. Yeah. Hell. Every time they got on the ball, there was at least a shoulder on him. And I think that just added to the fact that Cincinnati were like, oh fuck this. Like I wasn't expecting this type of game and I'm just not gonna perform. And that's why I'm really disappointed because I thought Cincinnati would be able to adapt to a high pressure situation like this. Nashville came in with a better mental plan, get a body on him, be very physical against this fluid Cincinnati team, and it worked. So I'm very disappointed with Cincinnati because I think if they had turned it on like the way they did against their Mexican opponents in the group stage, they would have won this game, but they didn't. So they're rightfully losers, in my opinion. What's crazy, though, is that this one still went to penalties. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> what did you think about that penalty call, though? Not a penalty. Yeah, man. It's not a penalty. Nashville should have won this one completely right out. So when it went to penalties, I was like, oh, dude, fuck this. Yeah, like, man. I don't want Cincinnati going through like this. So I'm glad they lost because they did not deserve it. Dude, Brandon Vasquez sold that. Oh, sold that, yeah, bro. That, and then he had a crazy miss earlier where, like, oh, it was dude. a beautiful play between, I think, Luciano. On Bupenza, yeah. and then the ball comes in, and he's right there, and he just fucking scuffs it, man. Yeah, and Bupenza had one too, not yeah. not as clear. It was still like twelve yards out, and he just kind of skied it. So Cincinnati had the chances, but just didn't look like they wanted it, man. So I'm I'm pissed it went to penalties. I'm glad Nashville won. Nashville wins that match, and they face off against. Club America, Club America, who went to Chicago Fire Stadium, and in my opinion, outplay them ultimately, man. Julian Quinones getting on the score sheet at one point, and a call that I believe was onside, but was called off. The game progresses, and Club America was still able to ultimately force Chicago Fire into a massive mistake, getting an own goal to get the lead, and once they got that, they didn't look back. Club America got the job done, and they now are set to face off against the most yellow team in the MLS. Ooh. A battle of yellow teams right here, man. It's a, it's a trend so <laughs> yeah, far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's, what's crazy about that Chicago game is I was expecting America to really boss this game. And I would say they did dominate it, but I don't think they... 
I don't I don't think they killed Chicago. If anything, Chicago played a lot better than I thought they were going to. They closed down the spaces when they needed to. There was a lot of last ditch defending, but it worked. And what's what's even crazier is before that goal where America go up one nil, Presbilco had a wide open oh, that goal. Was, that was bad, bro. A wide that open goal. And he just puts it to the side. And in that moment, Chicago go up 1-0. I think America could have gotten one more. I would have gotten a penalties. I really do think the game was headed towards penalties if Chicago had scored that goal, which they should have. So America, even though I think they were, by and large, the better team, I would say scrape by result-wise. And which is why... I have Nashville beating them in the next round. If Nashville played the way that they played against Cincinnati, if Zimmerman shows up, guides his defensive line, America's not going to find a lot of joy going forward. And then when you have a guy like Hani Mukhtar for Nashville, he can pull those strings. And I think Nashville can get at least one, maybe two goals against the America side. And I think they can squeeze a result. But it's going to be tough. This is going to be a, a, a. This is one of my favorite matchups. I think you yeah. actually said that. I completely agree. I'm going to be glued to the TV screen for this match because I think either team can win it. These are two really, really good teams. I'm going Nashville. Fair. I'm going America on this one. They were my pre-tournament pick to win the League's Cup. I just interpret that match differently versus Chicago. The Chicago I, I interpret really? it differently. Mm. That Julian Quinones goal was was a goal, bro. It was onside and it was just ruled off completely. The idea of them potentially having been down one 0 to Chicago Fire isn't fair to my eyes because I don't see them putting themselves in that position because I saw them as 1-0 up early, early in the game. Early. Yeah. And, okay, that's yeah. that's fair. I yeah. can't really argue that. I'm just saying a team like Chicago do not have anything going forward, right? It, it, I mean, yes, they yeah. have Shakir, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But chemistry-wise and just talent-wise, there's not a lot there. And they were, they were almost able to get a goal. And I thought America... They need to get. They need to do way more against a team like Chicago, and that's why I'm not as impressed. But I, I, I understand. You're right. If they score early, America see this game through 100. percent So I, yeah, it, yeah, it's a little unfair what I'm saying. I, I okay, I'll, I'll agree with I you there. I am curious though. Andy Martinez injured. He's out. Yeah, he's, out. he's in a fucking boot. Is what I saw. I'm interested to see how that impacts America's offense because now the responsibility is fully on Quinones. And does he get help from Zendejas or Leo Suarez? We'll see. But for now, the responsibility that Julian Quinones will now have will be much bigger versus what would have been a very clinical duo of Martin and Quinones side by side. I'm interested to see if Nashville is able to just nullify Quinones now that he's the main focal point of their offense. And I want to see how America reacts to it. Do they get more offensive options from their fullbacks, such as Kevin Alvarez, for example? Does he get more involved offensively? Where do they find the goals in a match against Nashville that's going to be insanely tight, insanely physical? Or will it just be fucking floodgates wide open like that the Luka-Nashville matchup, man? Yeah, th that's actually such a great point because I don't think Quinones is fully meshed into this America side yet. Yeah, yeah. And it's a point that I brought up right at the beginning of the tournament in the sense that, you know, these Liga MX teams are just starting their season, whereas the MLS teams are three quarters of the way through theirs. And I think that actually will play a part here because if this was November America, I think Quinones would be completely involved with his team. He would know the runs to make. He would know how to combine with Zendejas and Suarez on either side of him. But right now, I th actually think it's a little disjointed. Uh, there are times, especially in the Chicago game, where Quinones would make these solo runs, but 
you know, the America wingers are much more enticed to play combination with their mm-hmm. midfield mm-hmm. rather than just send in a through ball or send a long ball to Quinones. But it kind of makes sense because that's what Quinones did for Atlas for, yeah. three, for, yeah. s- for like three years, <laughs> man. So I think there's just a, a little bit of growing pains going on with Quinones and America. It's a good thing, though. The more he can adapt, the better he's going to get and the better he's going to make America. I just think right now it's a little unfortunate because we're not seeing we're not seeing a fully fleshed out America side because if yeah. that was the case, especially with Martin healthy too, I think it'd make it a lot harder for Nashville. But I think this situation actually favors Nashville, okay. in my opinion. Yeah, I think overall this tournament has shown that they're, like it's tough to find a team in this tournament that has actually been able to go full throttle and actually deliver every single game. I yeah. mean, we even just saw Inter Miami on the fucking ropes despite how well they started the tournament, nearly on the verge of getting eliminated. There is one team, though that I think has been incredible this entire tournament so far, scoring oh. 12 goals, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. 12 goals in three matches, four in every single game. It's Toluca, baby. Good Lord, bro. Toluca has come out for fucking blood, man. Oh my. Like they're on a goddamn revenge tour here in the United States, nabbing four goals against Sporting Kansas City. And this one I feel good about. Because I remember in our round of 32 predictions, I said, I'm going to Luca because I feel that if there's actually a very well-motivated and disciplined Liga and Mekis side to go up against the sporting Kansas City team, they can be exposed. And Toluca did that and more. Ending this game by the 60th minute, just absolutely putting on a display and getting four goals in a match away from home. I was truly very, very impressed with Toluca, and I think that right now it's between them and Monterrey as the best Liga and Mekis representatives so far in this tournament yeah. versus what I thought would have been Tigres and America. It's actually been this Toluca squad that's been able to really put on a show and go all out in this tournament and show that they're taking it serious and that they're here to compete for a title, man. Yeah, Toluca looked so good against Sporting Kansas City. Kansas City, similar to Cincinnati in a way, just looked terrible. Yeah. They didn't look up for it. They looked actually kind of tired, if anything. And it sucked because, you know, when that Kansas City stadium is packed and it's rocking, it's such a force. It's a 12th man, 100%, but it wasn't there. It just wasn't there. Toluca came in and invaded the play, invaded the place. Not even just with their fans, but just the players. Like they completely dominated this match. An incredibly impressive performance. And I agree. I think Toluca for me is the only Liga MX side that is consistently playing at a very high level. I'm not even going to put Monterrey in that uh, conversation. For me, it's just Toluca. But my God, dude, what a message that they sent to pretty much the rest of the teams remaining in this tournament. Just killing Kansas City, man, killing them. Yeah. It just wasn't even a contest. One player that, um, new signing for Toluca that really that yeah. has really stood out, man, yeah. the Brazilian striker Pedro Raul. He looks good, man. Yeah, man. He looks really good. A really big guy. Really tall, number nine, classic type of number nine striker. But he's really, like, crafty. He makes really intelligent runs. He's a little slow on the ball, but if anything, he's figured out how to actually use it to his advantage. He's very good at settling the ball in tight spaces. And then what he does best, put the ball in the back of the net, man. So what an incredible signing for Toluca to get a Brazilian striker like that because I think he's really changed this team. And I think Toluca going forward are going to be the team to watch out for. I I would even say, even out of the MLS teams, Toluca are probably... 
the best right now. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. them going all the way. Yeah, and they're set to face off against Minnesota United, who just came off of also a really entertaining <laughs> match against uh, the Columbus Crew yeah. that finished 3-3, but in my opinion saw Minnesota United just kind of scrape by at the end, just come back and get back into the Dude. match and, and just find themselves in a penalty shootout through the sheer will of guys like Emmanuel Reynoso, putting on a crazy display, just willing his team back into this match and making it 3-3 at one point, goes to penalties. Minnesota comes out of this game as the away team uh, as winners. And now they're set to face off against Toluca in this round of 16 matchup, but they don't have enough to compete with Toluca, in my opinion. Yeah. They just don't. And I think ultimately Toluca will see themselves bagging another four fucking goals in this match. And that'll be the storyline, man. That'll be the thing to watch. Can they reach four goals again? Or will they disappoint and only get two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like this Minnesota team. I think they can compete with the very best. Unfortunately, I think Toluca's very, very good right now. You already called it. The momentum that they have, I think, is going to take a lot more than what Minnesota have to actually stop. But I'll say this. You know, if Minnesota were playing Tigres or Monterrey, I actually would think that they would have a very good chance at winning. But for me, Toluca's just a lot better than Tigres and Monterrey right now. And it's going to take a very special team to stop this Toluca side. I think Minnesota's going to fight. But I don't think they can win. Fair. Tigres Monterrey, el Clásico Regio, mm. here in the League's Cup, baby. We got a fucking Clásico, <laughs> nah, man. Nah, dude. <laughs> what are you talking about? Nah, both Monterrey and Tigres got lucky, dude. <laughs> so, Monterrey, no. Tigres, yes. No, nah, they both got lucky, man. Especially in the sense that the teams that they face are like average MLS sides, both of them. Both Portland and Vancouver. Very average sides, and they both barely got through. Portland, I, I don't rate this team right now. I don't think they're that good, and I think their standings in the Western Conference agree, would agree with me. There's just nothing. There's not a lot going forward for Portland. They're well-organized. They have a good coach. I just think they're missing a lot of talent that they, at one point in their club history, did have with players like Sebastian Blanco and Diego Valeri. You're talking about some of the best midfielders who ever played in the MLS. Unfortunately, all of that's gone now. You know, there's just age, right? But the new players that they have in their place are just nowhere near that level. So when I look at this Portland team, man, it's just a shadow of what they once were. And for them to just lose by like one goal against yeah. Monterrey, and what a banger it was by Maxi, beautiful. by the way. An absolutely beautiful goal. But Monterrey didn't craft that much more. They did dominate possession and they did stretch Portland. So good on them for that. But concerning how poor Portland are, I needed to see more from Monterrey. I really did, just personally. And so going forward, I think they'll have a good chance against Tigres because Tigres, you know, had to get a little lucky against Vancouver, oh, they, man. They, they had to get, get very lucky. lucky. A crazy goal from Gignac. Crazy. Doing it once God again. Damn. Even at his age now, I was like, holy shit, man. Like, yeah, man. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but again, I think Tigres... I want to make this clear. Monterrey deserved to beat Portland. They were the better team. Tigres deserved to go through against Vancouver. I thought they were slightly uh, slightly the better team, but they were the better team. Now they face off against each other, but I'm just saying, man, like, if they had to play like against LAFC, if they had to play Cincinnati, if they had to play Columbus. They'll step up for those games, man. I don't know, dude. I, I don't know, I man. Think, I think... I, I'm I, not, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your point. I think... for Okay, so for example, I think Tigres did step against step up against Vancouver. They had to I because... I they underestimated them a ton, bro. A that's ton. what... Right, so they stepped up 
halfway through the when game is what to. I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, they stepped up when they had to. And yeah, it took a bicycle kick to, to, to get them even to have a chance. But that's what they do, man. They've been doing it since the fucking Ligia, man. Yeah. They just play exactly to the level of the opponent and enough to scrape by and win, bro. You're wearing the jersey. It was a team they did that exact same shit to, man. My problem with that is that Vancouver don't have any offensive weapons, no, bro. they don't have they any, don't have bro. Any. They scored a cool, though, uh, nice goal, though. Pedro Vite with a <laughs> banger. That's oh, insane, my God, man. dude. Insane technique. The way, yeah, the way it's just like a one-touch bouncing set. And then just side that's foot in Vancouver, bro. They yeah. just have that little, like a guy like that. There's a guy like that, but that's all they have, man, yeah. offensively. And so, what I'm saying is, they cannot do that against a team that has an entire offensive line of Pedro Vites, essentially, is what I'm saying. They can't get away with that. And I don't think they will. Now, the thing is, they're playing against a team that they know very well. So, just like how Philadelphia had a very tight game against DC, I have the exact same prediction here with Tigres having a very hotly contested matchup against Monterrey. I, I think I just, I, I've always seen knockout matchups in a different way than I think you do because for me, the priority during a knockout match is to just come out as a winner, whereas the priority when you're in a group setting in the buildup to the knockout matches, like in the group stage, that's the time where you show your dominance. That's the time where you show, are you capable of putting up two, three goals against a solid team? But in the knockout stages, man, I just, I've never really been the type of person that's like, has a crazy expectation for what a team should be able to deliver, regardless of the quality of the opponent, because the first thing that matters in a knockout matchup is winning the goddamn match. And the fact that Tigres and Monterrey did that exactly, Monterrey doing it 1-0, getting the shout out, yes, not dominating the way that even I expected them to, but still getting the result that was needed at the very end of the day doesn't really concern me because I know that once they are set to face off against like an LAFC or uh, uh, Nashville or Toluca, whoever it might be, I predict they'll be able to make that a tight matchup and be able to compete in it and have a chance at winning it. Because from what we've learned from this tournament is there's very little teams that have actually been able to be incredibly consistent so yeah, far. Yeah. So to have that expectation just seems a little, a little, a little harsh to me, especially for these for this Tigres and Monteresa that we know that we've seen when it comes to winning these matchups, they're very, very good at it. They just don't do it in the most pretty or flashiest ways. I think. First off, I completely agree with what you're saying. I'm not going to disagree with it, but I'm going to pose this to you. I think to become a really good club, you have to treat every game like it's a final, right? And in the sense that you need to play your best football at all times, no matter what. Okay. No yeah, matter who that, you're that playing. That should be the goal. That should be the goal, yeah. But I, I mean this on like a very broad scope. So... If you really want to progress your league, if you want to progress who you are as a player, if you want to progress your team as a coach, you have to play a very specific style that you set out to do, and you have to do it every single time. Now, obviously, the crazy thing about football is that your opponent can also adapt to that, right? And they can make it very difficult for you. And that's what I'm saying is that when I see Monterrey play, when I see Tigres play right now, I don't see that much identity. I see a lot of, I, I, I see a lot of uh, improvisation. Right, which is what you're saying is what you're looking for. Yep. And oh, while, I, while I do agree with you in the sense that, yes, that's what you can prioritize in tournaments like this, I'm going long run, man. I'm going, who's the team that I can be like, oh, they're set up to have a dynasty for the next five years, right? That's what I'm looking for. I think having consistently high performances on a week-to-week -week basis, man, I think I value that more than winning.
A team with an identity will go way further than a team without one all day long. It doesn't matter how much class you have in your team. It doesn't ha- matter how much talent you have. If you can squeeze out these crazy bicycle, get results and get win at one nil. If you're not dominating the way that you're like supposed to as a team, the way that your coach wants to, it doesn't mean much to me. Like it's not, I wouldn't want that as a fan. Like if I'm a Tigres fan and we won that way, I'd be like, fuck dude, not looking good. And sure, we're going through, yay, but I'd be incredibly nervous for the next game. I wouldn't be feeling good. And so for me, it's about the style that is employed club to club. And if there's a, a specific identity that's that's there, that's physical, that you can see it, it's tangible, I'd rather that than just try and improvise. I think I think the thing is, though, I think Degas' identity is improvisation. <laughs> I think that's how they're able to do it in every single matchup in La Liguilla was that. And I think that was the, the confusion that we had and that we continue to not rate them during the playoffs because we the 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 expectation of identity that we had of them was not fulfilled but ultimately i think it's just translated in a different way i think it's expressed differently for this Tigres team i think their identity is this improvisational hoorah if you want to call it where they essentially just go all out sometimes they underestimate their opponent sometimes they opposite they absolutely dominate them but i think the fact that Tigres actually has a chance at winning the League's Cup and winning Liga Mekis and League's Cup with what you believe to not be an identity kind of counters what you're saying because they could end up dominating North America without an identity. And that's still a team that wins trophies. Yeah, okay. I just don't see them in any permutation winning this tournament, though. So if that happens, then yeah, I'll completely concede. I'll write an apology letter, whatever, whatever grievance that I've said in the past... I don't see Tigres winning this tournament. I really, yeah. really don't. Whereas in the Liga, yes, I didn't have them necessarily winning, beating their opponent, but it didn't surprise me when they made it to the final, for example, right? I will be genuinely surprised if Tigres go to the final here. Like, really? Yes. Because their path is just Monterrey, and then it's Russell Lake or LAFC. You think that LAFC matchup is the biggest one? Oh, that's the path? Yeah. Oh, well, then Tigres can get to the final. And, and then they'll be in the final at that point, man. Well, then that's just really frustrating because then at that point, they would have had a really easy path, in my opinion. Yeah, but so did so into Miami. Like, that's, yes. just, that's just knockout tournaments, though. Yeah. And that's, at the end of the day, for them to make it to that final, I think just goes to what I'm saying is they just find ways to do it. Either they got people behind the scenes pulling the strings so they get easy knockout matchups. Right. I don't know what it is. Right. But this Tigres team, or even Monterrey, I would say, mm-hmm. have found a way to make it this deep into the tournament and i think that maybe there's an over maybe there's a maybe there's an emphasis on the need for identity when in knockout tournaments i don't know if that can be applied especially without crazy leagues cup is specifically yeah. maybe that's where i'm going it's just leagues cup specific uh, I, I don't know if the identity thing works actually i i see what you're saying even just beyond leagues cup just play just knockout stage just knockout stage you you yeah, you can get by with just winning. Yeah. You know, you, yeah, improvising. Yeah. You don't need an identity if your identity is just being good. <laughs> yeah. I, I get that. Yeah. I, I do get it because if you have a player like Gignac, you know you can rely on him. Like, it's not like a, oh, you know, maybe maybe Gignac scores. It's like, a, oh, if Gignac has a chance, he's going to score. Yeah. And that's a crazy reliability that you can have on a single player. Theaters have that. So I definitely see what you're saying when it comes to what is required for a knockout stage expectation. There's, there's, something, there's something missing there, though, that 
because Cincinnati has the identity that you were looking for, but they were missing something. Right. That was not able to come through for them when it mattered most. Exactly. That's what I'm getting at is that this is going beyond what I thought we were getting into in like a great way. Like this is like this is like soccer philosophy essentially. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I think we see that a little, a little different. I oh, think we know we, we do. We do. Hold on, hold on. And I think it, I think it comes out. It works in favor, in my favor during knockout settings, mm -hmm. but it works against me in league settings. Mm. Like, <laughs> so then ultimately, here's my conclusion. Then, and it's obviously nothing that can be controlled. Then I hate that, not just Tigres. Let's just say Miami too. That you can have such easy pathways to a final because if Tigres had to play Cincinnati as their round of thirty-two. I think that'd be a completely different matchup. Or let's say a New England or a Philadelphia, right? Or an LAFC even, right? And then let's say they had to play a team of that same caliber as a round of 16, as a quarterfinal, as a semifinal. I don't think they just get to a final that way. I really don't. Using, this, using the exact same methodology that you're talking about in the sense that you don't have to have an identity. You can just improvise a knockout stage. So then there's really nothing I can say then because... You're right. <laughs> but if, if you just play what's in front of you in knockout and yeah. you just, you win, you beat them. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. Yeah. I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what the team would have showed up if they had Cincinnati or Nashville in the first round. Would they have been caught off guard like how Vancouver did in that first half? Or would they have shown up and realized the opponent they had in front of and them? And been way more prepared. And been way more prepared. I wonder, man. I wonder. Yeah. Ultimately, it's just a bunch of hypotheticals. But exactly. I... Funny enough, I, I had Monterrey winning this matchup. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. That, I, I, I just, I, I feel better about this Monterrey team right now versus Tigres because I think Monterrey has been really impressive. I thought the way they ultimately dominated or controlled that match against Portland just eases me a little bit more. And so ultimately, I have Monterrey going through in this one. I just feel like it's one of those classic matchups where, yes, the better team going in is Tigres, but... I, for some reason, I just I got a, I got a little bit of a feeling for this one, Monterrey. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, man, you convinced me to go for Tigres. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like I think I'm gonna go Tigres. Okay, and it's simply because, like, especially in recent history, when Tigres and Monterrey play in a knockout setting, do, Tigres yeah. get them. Tigres do get them. Tigres man. get them, bro. Do. So I'm gonna go Tigres. Yeah. I'm just gonna do it. But but yeah, Monterrey looked good against Portland. I just wish they scored more goals. Yeah. yeah. Lastly, LAFC against Real Salt Lake. Ross Salt Lake beating Leon 3-1 after yeah. Leon went up 1-0 early in the game. A game that had to be rescheduled due to, due to fucking storms. Mm -hmm. But ultimately saw Ross Salt Lake win. And LAFC playing their second game in this tournament now after having a bye to the round, to the round of 32. Winning 7-1 against FC Juarez. An absolute dismantling of them. Dude. This will be a fun one. Another uh, another MLS matchup here in the round of 16. Who do you have going out in this one? Yeah, I'm going to go LAFC on this one. Uh, if Vela puts in the same performance that he did against Juarez, even if he doesn't score, the threat that he poses on the pitch, I think is going to be just a little bit too much for Real Salt Lake. LAFC <laughs> went off on Juarez, man. Completely off on them. 
I don't expect Royal Salt Lake to have anywhere near the same poor performance as Quad is. I think they'll make it very tight, but LAFC at home, it's a Western Conference matchup. I think they're just going to get the get the dub over Royal Salt Lake. Although Royal Salt Lake put on a crazy second half performance against Leon where they just kept building and the momentum that they were able to gather, Leon just choked from it. They could not handle it and Real Salt Lake did so, so well, man. But I just think LFC is going to be a lot more prepared. They know what's coming, and they're at home. So I think LFC will go through. Yeah, I actually I, I see the points that you're saying of LFC. I think they're easily the favorite going into this matchup. But Real Salt Lake, man, I, I have a nudge here that we're going to see a crazy upset in one of these matchups. And for some reason, I think Real Salt Lake will be the team to upset LAFC, given that they beat the squad that beat them in the CONCACAF Champions League, right? 3-1. And overall, what I really liked from Salt Lake was their team effort. What they did against Leon was just full-on, a full 11, be, being on the same page behind the coach's philosophy and executing it completely. Despite going down 1-0 yeah. to bounce back and win it 3-1, I always find comebacks like that to be so impressive. And I just think they might have a chance here to catch LEFC off guard, especially because they're feeling themselves. After that 7-1 easy victory, they haven't truly been tested. And since this is an in-league MLS matchup, I think I, think I see something like... I see a vision of Real Salt Lake pushing this really tight until the very end, going to penalties and getting out alive. I see Real Salt Lake winning this matchup and kicking LAFC out. It's the round of 16, baby, and this tournament continues producing some incredible matchups. Who will be the king of CONCACAF and MLS? I'll end, the, I'll end this, uh, this segment with this. Since Cincinnati got kicked out, who now is your pick to win the tournament from this point forward? <sighs> So this gets really interesting. I had Cincinnati going through because I thought they had the best chemistry and the most complete team in the MLS from defense to offense. I already highlighted how how highly I rated their offensive line, but they just didn't show up in the last round, so now they're out. Philadelphia and New England, I think, still have a very good chance of going through all the way to the final and even vying for it and winning it. They're very good teams. I think they're just as complete as Nashville, although maybe with just a little bit less firepower, but I think they make it up with the chemistry that they have on the pitch. So Philadelphia, New England, I think are very good. What Messi can do with Miami, I don't even know what that ceiling is, bro. Uh, and considering that they might have a somewhat easy path to the final, other than that semifinal game, which might be against Philadelphia or New England, I think that might Messi could go to the final, bro. Yep. And at that point, once Messi is in a final, is he going to lose? That That's what's crazy. And then when I look at Liga MX sides, I think Toluca look incredible right now. And I think they can go all the way to the final as well. America are winners. They can go too. Fuck, this is a tough question. <laughs> this is a really tough question as far as who I really genuinely think who's going to win it. Yeah, betting money on this right now would be insane. It'd like, be insane, It'd be man. so hard to get. Yeah, um... The team that's playing the best football right now is Toluca, in my opinion. I think they have the makings of winning this title, but... <laughs> Fuck. I can't pick pass. one. You want to pass? I can't you pick one, pass? man. <laughs> no, hold on. Let me... <laughs> you can't not pick one. That's allowed. It's your pod, bro. <laughs> the octopus don't got a pick, man. So kind of what you were saying earlier and how the momentum is really picked up for Toluca. I think I'm going to ride that momentum wave. I think Toluca, best team right now, playing in the League's Cup. 
They can go all the way to the final, but holy shit, they have a tough path, bro. Yeah. They have a tough path. They win this next game, then they play the winner of Nashville yep. America, <laughs> and that's going to be insane because at that point, any of those teams could win it, go to the final themselves, and it, it could be Nashville. I think Nashville have the talent. They have the team to go all the way to the final in what would be a crazy bracket to do so. But I think Toluca are playing the best football right now, so if I had to put money on it, I'll go to Luca, but still, what a gamble. <laughs> yeah, I I, I want to stay with America here, but what I saw from Inter Miami was impressive. Right. LAFC still has a lot to say about this. Mm. Tigres, I just went on a whole philosophical spiel about why they could win this tournament, but, you know... I, I, I'll meet you there. I'll meet you in Toluca. I'll meet you, I'll meet you at the Nemesio Diaz. I would love to be there in that atmosphere with you, supporting that red, Los Diablos Rojos, to see them win this trophy would be incredible. And just, bro, the stat of 12 goals in three games is ludicrous to me, man. Yeah. That just is a team that's fully in form offensively with newcomers, bro. Losing a guy like Leo Fernandez, who was so key to their offense, and I still know, being dude. able to produce at this rate is immense i want to go to luca man and so if you're a luca fan watching the show man like i'm with you the rest of this way because what an impressive showing so far and what an awesome thing it would be to see them lift up the first leagues leagues cup trophy i've been in south america brother i've been in south america maybe i hinted at this last shoot when i spoke about botafogo and what they're doing in the brazilian league right now destined to lift the title and since then, since I did my research, I decided, you know what, let me commit myself fully to South America right now, especially with Copa Libertadores and La Copa Sudamericana going on right now during the summer. I said, you know what, let me invest myself. Let me see what's going on in this region and specifically in Copa Libertadores. It's the biggest tournament in South America, probably the second biggest uh, club tournament outside of the Champions League itself. And there's just some amazing storylines happening here that I want to highlight alongside you and get your thoughts on. In my research, in my watching of these games, in my discoveries, I've kind of been brewing a take, man. I've been brewing a take that I've been a little scared to say, honestly, because okay. it can be conceived as a little controversial to people who are accustomed to the tradition of this region. But I just can't help but want to express it, man, because okay. I think something different is brewing in Copa Libertadores specifically this season. Okay. Where are you going? What are you <laughs> going to say? I'm interested. You, you, have, you have my attention. Remember when Italy was on top of the world with Serie A being in like, they had like five Serie A teams out of like 12 total semifinalists in uh, UEFA Cup competitions. You remember that shit? Yeah. Yeah, and then I predicted that Italy wouldn't win or an Italian team would not lift the trophy right. despite them having the odds in their favor in that sense. Yeah. And what ended up happening, brother? Remind the people what happened. Yeah, no Italian team won. <laughs> yes, sir. No Italian, no Italian team, won. team won. Absolutely. And so that made me feel real good. And maybe I'm getting carried away with that type of prediction because six out of 16 teams in uh, the round of 16 in Copa Libertadores are Brazilian. Six out of 16. Mm -hmm. Brazil has won four of the last Copa Libertadores. The last time that a team that wasn't Brazilian won was in that classic Boca Juniors River Plate matchup in 2018. Since then, we've seen a Palmeiras and Flamengo duo domination happen since then. But this year, man, I've been really keeping my eye on Brazil, seeing what Botafogo is doing in first place and keeping an eye on the rest of the teams to kind of gauge the state that they're at. And I say that all to say this, bro. I don't have a Brazilian team winning Copa Libertadores this year. 
Okay. I don't. Okay. I think we're going to see something special. We're going to revert to the beautiful times of Copa Libertadores and seeing a team outside of Brazil lift the trophy. And here's why. There are six teams right now involved in the round of 16. They go like this. Atletico Mineiro are playing against Palmeiras right now. So in order for one of them to live, the other must die. That immediately brings it down to five teams that can compete for the trophy. Mm. Palmeiras right now is most likely to go through with a 1-0 lead after the first leg. They're feeling good. And if anything, they're the Brazilian team that scares me the most right now of breaking my prediction. But we continue. Atletico Paranaense, who was in the final last year and lost, are down 3-1 to Bolivian side Bolivar who's got a hell of a team, by the way, and I'll talk about them in a second. So that's another squad that I think will go down in this round. Internacional is currently down 2-1 to one against tournament favorites, I would say, River Plate, who mm. just won the Argentine Primera División, feeling themselves. River Plate won at home 2-1 against Internacional, another Brazilian, a Brazilian team that I predict will go out in this tournament. Fluminense is tied with Argentino Juniors right now in a matchup that I ultimately do see Fluminense win because they're going to go back home and play the second leg. But still, Argentino Juniors have a genuine shot here at shocking the world and knocking out another Brazilian team. And then lastly, Flamengo is currently up 1-0 against Olympia after beating them at home in in Brazil. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing with this is that Olympia had the second best group stage performance out of all the teams in Copa Libertadores. They accumulated, I believe, 14 points, winning four games, losing two. And then if you watch that match that they had against Flamengo, it should have ended in a tie, man. Olympia actually had genuine chances. And this Flamengo team, I just don't truly see as a threat to win the trophy anymore because they're not competing in the league at all. They're in second place, but there's about a 12-point gap right now. And even in moments when they've had the chance to catch up, such as today, where Botafogo tied against Cruzeiro, Chiquinho Soares going out on a fucking cart due to injury. Massive, massive moment in the Brazilian league. Flamengo with the chance to kind of gain ground and get back into that title race. Loses 3-0 against Cueva, bro. Ridiculous what I'm seeing from Flamengo. An untrustworthy side so far in the league. And I think the same will translate over to the Copa Libertadores. Maybe not in this round, but soon, man. But soon, yeah, okay. I think Flamengo okay. will meet their okay. demise. Okay. And the reason that I do ultimately think Brazil won't win is because I do think we have some strong contenders that are not from Brazil that, that could win this tournament. River Plate looks incredible so far. Argentinos Juniors, as I said, are in a tie. Bolivar is looking amazing. Olimpia is really solid. Independiente del Valle is currently down right now, but I could see them bounce back and perhaps win their match at home. Boca Juniors is always capable of a deep mm. run. Mm. And Atletico Nacional as well, winning 4-2 against Racing against the Racing Club in their first leg looking really solid as well. I think the contenders are really, really solid, and I think that Brazil will go down this year, brother. What about the idea that a Brazilian team approaching a semifinal or a final appearance just turns it on? And they play against a team that's not used to playing against a Brazilian team week in, week out, right? Because that's what happened last year when uh what was that Argentinian team? Uh, uh, it was... Um, oh, man. Vélez. Vélez, Vélez yeah. Hasbro, they got fucked. That was in quarters, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, but it's yeah, because of that. I, they, I don't think they were prepared to play a Brazilian team in a, like, you know, in, in a game yeah, yeah, that yeah. really, really mattered. 
What is interesting, though, is I think the Brazilian teams that are losing right now, I think, are weak, yeah. right? Like Paranaense. I mean, for them to go through, it is possible. It's, what, 3-1? Yeah. And maybe it's still there, right? Maybe it is still there for them. Um, but if you have a team like Palmeiras or Flamengo, and they're in the quarterfinals against a non-Brazilian side, that's not River Plate, because I yeah, think yeah. River Plate's a definite contender. But, you know, if it's Del Valle, if it's Deportivo Pereira, if it's Atlético Nacional, who are good teams, right? But, you know, what, no, what, what, about, what about the idea that yeah. a Brazilian team will just be better in those high stakes situations? No, I don't, I don't deny those ideas at all. I, mm. I completely understand those If anything, I, I think this is destined to have one Brazilian team in the final, mm. but whoever they face will not be Brazilian. And I see probably like a River Plate right. beating them because okay, I think River okay. Plate just has a really good uh, height that they can reach right now. But yes, I, I still fully expect Brazil to have teams in the semis in the quarters yeah, yeah, in the yeah. final i'm not saying they're all gonna lose in this round specifically but i don't know man i got that nudge again, yeah okay, bro. okay i got that okay, nudge the okay. way i same as the way the same way i did with italians bro i got the same nudge with brazilians right now and i'm just saying bro if brazil if a brazilian team ends up winning this trophy then I'll I don't know I'll 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 get the R nine haircut or something. You know, like, <laughs> no, no, I'll do don't some, do that. No, I can't do, don't that. do that. I'll go to Brazil. I'll, I'll do some <laughs> shit. I'll do some Brazilian related punishment. But I just I'm so I don't know. I feel so good about this because I'm reliant on these other teams to kind of break the tradition that we've been seeing these past few years with Brazil just dominating this tournament so far. And I think the opposite actually goes for Copa Sudamericana. I have. Only Brazilian teams winning that tournament. Seven out of 16 are Brazilian. Jesus. And in my opinion, I, I would love to see Botafogo win, but you still have Sao Paulo as a contender. Which, by the way, did you see that shit? Uh, with, with the results that happened today, Santos is right now in the relegation zone in Brazil. And I just learned this today. They've never been relegated. Never? They're one of two. They're one of three teams in Brazil that have never been relegated. Wow! And they're in the relegation, relegation zone right now in seventeenth place, bro. Okay, scary. Well, they got time to get out of it. Yeah, they got time, but okay. It feels like an Everton type of situation. I was just bro. about to say maybe they'll escape on the last yeah. match day or something, but or hopefully before. Maybe then. next year it happens. You know, like it, this would be crazy for a, a team like Santos, bro, to yeah. be in the second div would be ridiculous in my opinion but yes i see a brazilian team winning copa sudamericana whoever that might be but in copa libertadores man I'm, I, I, these games are really really fun you got nacional from uruguay in there as well who are able to tie boca juniors in la bombonera maybe they can do something it's exciting so far and it's just fun to watch and i'll be following this yeah, as yeah, the times okay. go by and if you're watching the tournament just keep in mind what i said yeah keep I'm, in mind I'm going, because i'm going every to. matchup against a brazilian team i'm going against them i'm going against them bro Thank you.